and this is part seven, uh, God with us. You know, we sing about that a lot, and we, we pray about it, and we talk about it, and it's been, it's been the same from the very beginning, and that's what God has always wanted, was to be with us. And uh, it hasn't changed. That's what he still wants. So we read this scripture each week as our text out of Revelation. I'm going to read it again. Chapter 21, 1 through 7. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now, Revelation 4, John, he's having this vision, and, and the Lord says, Come, come up here. I want to show you things. And that's what God has always been saying, you know. I want to show you things. I want to show you things. Come. I want to dwell with you. I want to be your God in the creation. You know, that's what he wanted. He came down and talked with Adam and Eve. He walked with them and talked with them. That's, that's what God has always wanted. And we make all this so complicated sometimes, but it's just simple. God wants to be with us. He wants to live in our hearts. And he's made this wonderful way that that's possible. It's simple. You know, it's just simple. The simple truth is he wants to be in us, and he wants to be part of our lives, everything that we do. That doesn't mean you can't have a life. It just means he wants to be involved in it. He wants to be, he wants to be your focal point. If you miss out on that aspect of everything, then your life is going to be skewed, and your life will be going off some weird direction, and you're going you're to have problems. If you don't do the things that God has shown us to do, your life isn't the same. I don't want to live under the law. I don't want you to live under the law. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying God has a plan, and his plan is good. He's really smart. He figured all this stuff out before he even created anything. He had it all figured out. He planned everything. You know, and the scientists now, we're, we're just working 24-7 trying to figure out what God created, and they're trying to tell us all about it. And God's like, you know, I thought all that stuff through before I even opened my mouth to create it. God's really smart. So he got this great plan for us. And it's good for every part of your life. And we just need to learn to say yes to his plan. Instead of trying to figure out our own plan, what we think is best or what we want to do. And that's the problem that we all have is that we have this will. And our will doesn't always 
line up with his will. Our will, it's like a little baby, you know, they, they say, I want to do this my way, my way, you know, all by myself. Well, I used to hate that when my kids said that to me, all by myself. And how, how offensive it must be to God when we say that to him. You know, he's, he said, look, I've got this great plan. Would you just do what I've, what I've laid out for you? All by myself. You know, we, we resist. God wants us just to say yes. And um, I know sometimes it's challenging because our, our will can be really strong. And some of us are strong-willed by nature. And those of us who have that as our basic character quality, you know, it's, uh, it can be daunting sometimes because we want what we want, and we want it right now, all the time, and uh, it's, it's hard. But God can heal us. That's one of the things that you can be healed of in cleansing streams or some type of ministry where they, they walk you through that because you recognize what causes the problem, and then you can deal with it. Because God's grace really is sufficient. When Jesus died on the cross, it really did break sin's dominion in our life. It really did give us the opportunity to be able to live Christ-like and to live uprightly and to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I, I was talking with someone this week, I don't remember now who it was, but I'll just tell you, you know, when you... When you're talking to someone and you get in your flesh and say something, it's going to cause problems. It doesn't have to be a spiritual conversation. It doesn't have to be a spiritual relationship. But when your flesh starts acting up, you're going to have problems. And we have to guard against that because in our flesh dwells no good thing. But God can redeem all that, that stuff about us that's not right. That's we sang that song, you know, he's making all things new. I mean, that's what he's doing. It happens gradually. Now, when you, when you come to the altar or however it happens and you give your heart to Jesus, boom, you know, I mean, he takes away sin and he cleanses your heart and he makes you a new creation. But this other part of our life, it's a, it's a process for the rest of our time on earth. We're, we're walking out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We're trying to figure out how we walk with the Lord the way that we ought to. We're, we're trying to figure out how to let His Word transform our minds so that we're changed, molded and made into His image. That's the whole point of it all, that we would become like Him. But it's a process, and you don't stop. Don't stop. A lot of times we get discouraged. I mean, you get discouraged and you, and you pull back out of that process, you're the one that's going to suffer because you're not allowing God to continue to change you and mold you and make you into what he wants you to be. Because God has this wonderful plan for each one of us. He wants us to be so much more than we could ever envision about ourselves. You know, we think of ourselves as being, well, some of you may be thinking of yourselves as being, you know, wonderful and great. Others may be thinking of themselves as being, man, I am horrible, I'm rotten, I'm a failure, I'm a flop, I'm worthless. Doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what, is what does God think about you? What does God say about you? When you begin to get a hold of the notion that God has a plan for you, and it's a good plan, doesn't matter all the mistakes that you've made, He wants to redeem you, and He wants to bring you. So you, just think of it this way. You got, a, you got this big highway, this big highway, and everybody's traveling on it. 
and we're all on this highway. And God wants to, he wants to keep us in the right part of that road. And we, when we say yes to him, we stay on track. When we say no, we start getting distracted. Maybe you, you go to the left a little bit, and you get over those things, you know, and you, oh, I gotta get back over the right. And then you're doing okay for a while, and then on the right, and, you know. That's the way we all tend to be. You know, we don't all just stay right down in the middle of the road the whole time. And so every time we get over and get the, you know, that's, those are, those are not good things for us. Now, if you've ever been asleep in your car when you're driving and you get that, that's a good thing then, you know, because it wakes you up and you don't crash and kill yourself. But that's what God wants. He wants to keep us out of those rough places. That's what the whole thing is about him winning our hearts, folks. God is, he wants to give us a good life. He wants to fill us with the abundant life. He wants to keep us out of the rough places. And because we're stiff-necked, we tend to just keep going over out of the, out of the beaten path. We get off into the higher grass and into those and all that business. You know, God just wants to keep us going down the smooth part of the road. He wants to keep revealing himself to us and keep calling us and saying, come every day, come. Don't pull back. Just keep coming. Because whatever I've done in the past, you're just seeing the beginning of it. It's just starting to get good. It's going to get even better. Just let me do what I want to do. We're all stiff-necked, and we resist. God wants us to say yes. So all throughout history, God has called men and women, and he's revealed himself to them, and he always takes the initiative. God always takes the initiative, and he called individuals at first. He began to reveal himself to them. You know, I've, I've always kind of wondered about that. Why Noah? We've got a young man named Noah here in the front row. Why? Why Abraham? Why did God choose those people? And I, I just, you know, as I was praying and kind of meditating, the, the thought just occurred to me that, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, and Cain and Abel had their problems, and so they had, you know, the good son got killed, and the bad son li lived. But that's not the end of the story, because they had another son named Seth. And that was how God passed along the godly line, the heritage. And so, just think about that. There's always a remnant in God's people. You can, you can look and read in history and you think, man, everybody was horrible and wicked. And, and that's what it says in, in Genesis. It talks about Noah. It says that the whole earth was filled with violence and, and wickedness. And they were, that people only thought wicked and evil thoughts continually. I mean, that's pretty serious. They were bad people. But they weren't all bad because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen? So, you know, then, so what happens? God always, he always has a remnant of people that are still trying to follow him. And so when Abraham came along, you know, there were thousands of people in the world. And I'm just making this assumption is that Abraham had something in him that was still interested in following the things of God. And God said, I, I see somebody that I can work with. And so he called him. He said, look, if you'll just obey me, he said, I'll, I'll do all this wonderful stuff in you, but I need you to say yes. And Abraham said yes. And then he passed that same blessing and calling to his sons and grandsons and down the way. And now <clears throat> today we're going to talk about uh, Israel just a little bit because after God called these individuals, the whole point of it all was he kept saying, I want to make you into a great nation. I want to make you into a people, a people 
that I can be connected to, a people whose God I can be, a place where I can come and dwell among your people. That's what God has always wanted. So when Israel finally came into being, they got in bondage in Egypt. God made promises. He even told uh, Jacob, he said, don't be afraid to go down there because I'm with you and it's all going to be good because I'm going to make a great nation of you while you're there. And uh, he said, your son Joseph is going to lay his hands over your eyes. In other words, he's saying, you're going you're gonna to die there, but it's going to be okay because I've made a promise and I'm going to keep my promise. And so Israel, God's chosen people, but they're in trouble. And I just want to talk a little bit about Moses this morning and, uh, <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll be ready to talk about the tabernacle maybe next week. So it's really an interesting thing. God reveals himself to Moses and again, I don't believe that, that this is just some coincidence or some accident. I think Moses was a person who had a heart for God. So Moses is tending sheep. He's just out doing his own thing. And I, I do believe that, that God took the initiative, obviously, because even though Moses might have had a heart for God, in this particular instance, God took the initiative and got his attention. So in Exodus 3, it says, Now Moses is tending a flock for Jethro, his father-in-law. And the, he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Oreb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I'm going to now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Huh, isn't that interesting? He probably didn't talk like that, but he said, <laughs> he said, I, I want to go see this. So the point is that God took the initiative. He did something that got his attention. But can I just tell you that Moses didn't say, huh, and then just go on down the road. He went over there to see what God was doing, to see what was happening. God is always trying to get our attention. God is always trying to speak to us. God is always trying to reveal stuff to us. And our response needs to be, what is it? Here I am. I've, you know, I've been hard of hearing physically and spiritually. God has tried to speak to me many times in my life, and I've, I've either resisted or I've, was just didn't hear it or I didn't want to hear it or I didn't want to do it. You know, I'm just being honest. I'm not perfect. And all you guys who might be thinking, well, you know, I thought preacher was better than that. Well, you're not perfect either. So just, you know, <laughs> just keep that in mind. <clears throat> you, know, you got this one finger, but that means there's three or four more pointing back at you, you know, all the time. So, so the, the thing is, that's what God wants from us, though. Yeah. He, he calls us but he wants, us, he wants us to come and see. It's, a, it's the same thing he's always wanted. It's not new. It's the same thing he's always wanted. He wants to reveal himself to us because he has a plan for each one of us. So Moses goes over there, and God called it. So it says that when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, I think that's significant. Amen. You know, God called him. Moses says, I'm going to go check this out. 
And it says, God saw that he turned aside to look. And that's when God began to speak to him. What do you think would have happened if Moses just kept on walking with the sheep? Do you think God would have, would have spoken to him at that moment? I don't think so. Now, you know, he might have gone down the road away. There may have been another burning bush or something else, you know, because God, God wanted to get his attention. But when he turned aside, it says that God saw that he turned aside and he began to speak to him. Moses. He didn't just say it once. He said it twice. Moses. You know, you, you watch those movies like the Ten Commandments and you get, you know, you get this stuff in your head, you know, God talking to Moses. Moses. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the way it was. It could have just been Moses. Moses. What? God wants our attention. And when he calls to us, he wants our response. And the response should be yes. So Moses heard him calling. He says, here I am. <clears throat> you could preach a whole sermon on that. Yeah. You know, because it, what he was saying was, here I am. You know, what do you want? What do you want to do? What do you want to say? That's what God wants from us. That's the response God wants. You remember the story about um, Mary, the mother of Jesus? How when the angel came and told her that she was going to have this son and she kind of was freaking out and giving him all these reasons why that was going to be a little problematic. You know, I'm not married yet and, you know, and all these things. And he sort of explained it to her. And her response was, let it be for me according to your word. I'm your servant. That's what God wants from us. He wants that kind of response. He wants us to say, yes, here I am. Let it, let it be for me, just like you're saying. I'm not going to resist. I'm not going to bow up. I'm saying yes. <clears throat> God can work with us when we say yes to him. But it's, you got to say yes. You know, when he calls, you got to say yes. When he calls the first time, you got to say yes. And then every day when he calls, you got to say yes. Every day, it's an opportunity for us to grow a little bit. Every day, it's an opportunity for us to to, to be different, to be changed. But you've got to keep saying yes. And sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes it's unpleasant. Sometimes, dare I say, it's painful. But when you say yes, the end of that is good. Hebrews, it talks about the chastening of the Lord, and it says, you know, no whipping seems real good and Wonderful when it's going on. But afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's what God wants. So you, you see, there's, there's unpleasantness in life. There's struggles. There's challenges. There's difficulties. Good, bad, ugly. I mean, all kinds of stuff happens in our life. God wants to use every bit of it to change us and mold us and make us into something that is more like what he designed us to be. Now, this side of heaven, we're all going to be a little short, probably, of what he designed for us to be. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for it. Don't set your sights so low that, you know, that you just say, well, I'm just going to be like this forever. That's who I am. I'm just going to be like that. How about we set our sights a little higher? How about we say, God called me and said, I am your redeemer. 
I'm going to redeem you. I've given you authority and power over all the power of the enemy, and I've called you to go out and preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, all those things. We're supposed to be doing that stuff. That's not, that's not just for the guys up here on the platform. It's for all of us. We're all supposed to be walking in the authority and power in the Spirit. That's, the, that's what the Bible says. And so we should... We should see ourselves the way that God intends for us to be, not, not what we've been, but who we're, who we're becoming. God wants us to be like Jesus. And the more that we pray, the more we read the Word, the more that we worship, the more that we allow God to speak to us, then the more He can change us. And it's a process, and it goes on all the time. So, I'm sorry, but I'm not probably going to ever be perfect in this life, but I'm going to try like crazy to become like Jesus. And I'm asking you, let that be your commitment. You know, follow the Lord and decide, I'm, I'm not willing to accept just whatever. And I said that to you a few weeks ago, the saying, good, better, best, never let it rest till your good's better and your better's best. God says, I got a better idea. How about you just forget about all that stuff because that's a bunch of dead works of the flesh. How about you let me do what I want to do in you and don't settle for anything less than my very best in your life. And when we come to the place where that's what we're striving for and that's what we're working towards, God can do something that'll just, it will blow you away. I mean, you'll be shocked at what God can do when you begin to say yes to him on a regular basis. God will reveal himself in new ways. He'll begin to do things that you've never seen before. And it's because we're saying yes. God wants us to say yes. Eddie, y'all come on back. Man, isn't God good? So God told Moses what the plan was. He said, I've seen the oppression of my people. And um, I want you to go back there and, and help them get out of there, help them get free. And Moses started coming up with all these excuses and problems. And, and we're going to get into this a little more next week. But in relation to most of what I've shared with you this morning, though, I just want to say when, when Moses does go back, he finally agrees to go. He goes back and he tells them what God has said to him. And uh, the people... They were all over it, man. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be free. Let's go. Yeah, and it says that they believed, and it says they worshiped. And then they asked Pharaoh, can we go and uh, do our sacrifices in the desert? And you know what Pharaoh said? You're idle. You're idle. You're not busy enough. So, and he started punishing them. And when he punished them, then the people... They didn't believe anymore. Now they were like, what are you going to do? You know, they started whining and crying to Moses. And, and then it was all this, they weren't believing anymore. They began to doubt what God had said to them. And I don't know why, but some people, when they give their life to the Lord, 
I mean, it's like a, it's a, a change, and there is nothing that could ever make them forget or doubt or worry about it. I mean, it's full speed ahead. I know what God did, and I'm going forward. And then there's other folks. They feel that way until they go back to their everyday life, and then that taskmaster begins to crack the whip a little bit on them and, and say, I want you to keep doing the same stuff that you've been doing, but I'm not going to help you. You're on your own now. And we start doubting, and we start thinking, man, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord, and things have gotten worse. I thought it was supposed to be better. I don't know why some people respond that way. But, but after all that, then God has another conversation with Moses. And, and Moses is saying, what, what's the deal, man? You tell me to do this, and now you're, you're punishing the people. And, the, and you're not going to believe me anymore. And God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, dude. Well, he probably didn't say that. But he said, <laughs> here's the thing. He said, I revealed myself to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. They didn't know me any other way except that. But I'm going to tell you something that I didn't tell them. My name is Jehovah. I am that I am. And I'm not trying to figure it out because I already know all the answers. I am that I am. I am the self-existent one and everything that I say will come to pass because I am the self-existent God. Moses looked back at it all and said, okay, I got it. And he, he went forward. And the people were still questioning him, but they had a strong leader because the leader understood that God had really given him a plan and he just needed to stay the course. You guys, y'all got to make your own choices. We all have to say yes to the Lord. We all have to move forward with that kind of an, a commitment. You know, your mama can't do it for you. Your grandma can't do it for you. Your preacher can't do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. And that's what God's grace is for. His grace is sufficient. And when you think you can't walk another step, God's grace will carry you. When you can't make it, somehow you will make it because God's grace is sufficient. But you've got to stay committed to the plan. And the plan is, come. Let me just be your God. Let me just dwell among you. Let me be with you as your God. That's what he wants. Let's stand and worship.
This morning, if you got any special prayer requests, uh, if you don't know Jesus, don't leave without doing that. Today is the day of salvation. Today is an opportunity for you to say yes to Him. First time, maybe this is it. Maybe this could be your last chance. Who knows? You know, you never. There's no guarantees of tomorrow. So, if you don't know the Lord, yes. come to the altar and we'll pray with you. If you got any other special needs. I want to invite you to come, and, uh, and I, want to, I want to invite uh, Pastor Jeff and Mitch and uh, Michael and Angela. I want you all to come, uh, and we're going to have Henry come, and we're going to lay hands on him as we're worshiping. I just want to, want to bless them. I believe he's, he's trying to find some direction from the Lord, and we just want to pray for him. And so as we, as we sing this last song, join with us. Y'all worship, and let's pray, and let's, let's see what God will do. Amen? All right.
That's what we desire this morning is that you would pour your presence and your spirit out on us in such a way that we would be changed and we'd be more like you, Lord. Oh, Father, seal this word in our hearts this morning, Lord, that we'd go out of here willing and able to say yes to you, yes to all that you want to do in our lives, Lord. We want to follow you. We want to hear from you. We say yes to your plan. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Go in Jesus' name. Be blessed. There's snacks and stuff you can enjoy. Fellowship with one another. And just uh, come again. Every time we, we have stuff, if you'll come, God will meet you here. If you want to be changed, Get into the flow of what God's doing. Say yes to him. Love you guys. Go in Jesus' name. Amen.